welcome to the very first Last Call Games podcast, which is also a Let's Play. A Let's Cast, if you will. Uh, so, if you're watching this on YouTube, then you'll be watching the uh, playthrough Alice's Mom's Rescue on the Dreamcast. And if you're not, then, sorry about that, if you're just listening to it on the, po on just the podcast, then you won't be watching me do anything, because that's how it works. Okay, so we're booting up the game, for those of you without being able to see, and it's snowing again, fan-freaking-tastic. Uh, yeah, so we're going through the boot screen, English, I don't think there's that much dialogue in the game now that I think about it, but whatever. So, I'm recording the audio for this on my phone just because my camera has a nasty habit of cutting in and out. Okay, we're just going to start a new game. So, basically through this I'll be just talking about random video game related things that are happening in the video game world right now. While Alice's mom gets grabbed by a giant raven, or crow. Raven! It looks more like a crow. Also, I wouldn't just go around following random rabbits that come up to me. But that's just as me. So, yeah, I'm just a... You know, it's just kind of my thing. Okay. The cats will kill you. Oh, you can I thought you could jump from under, in, under the platforms like that, but I guess not. Okay, so now that we've started actually playing the game, I can start the talking. Especially because these are the easier levels. Um, first off, I think we're gonna, we should probably talk about the Coleco Chameleon, which is... Okay, so start off with a little bit of background for someone who if you don't know. Basically the Coleco Chameleon was, first it was announced uh, like last summer or fall as the retro VGS. I'm not sure what the, I think the VGS was supposed to stand for video game system, but it was announced last fall as that. And they, they were going to do a Kickstarter but then they didn't do the Kickstarter because they didn't have a prototype. And Kickstarter's rules now require you to have a prototype. And so since so they didn't do a prototype. Or since so they didn't do a Kickstarter, they did an Indiegogo instead because that doesn't require you to have a prototype. It failed miserably because a lot of people were like, this is kind of snake oil BS. And basically, like, the main, like, selling point of the system was that it would only do cartridge get based gaming and wouldn't have any online functionalities or the ability to do things like get patches for your games. Because, you know, it's a going back up again, uh, all against the, um, kind of the state of modern gaming where a lot of people, a lot of AAA companies will release half-finished games so that they can meet their stupid deadline, and 
So, oh, frick. So, yeah, I'm just gonna keep commenting on the game. So that they can release, beat their deadline, and then go along and just finish the game later, essentially. A lot of companies have been doing that, and it's kind of shady and really crappy. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not, I'm, that didn't really... The idea of games... Oh, frick. I'm gonna keep dying here. The idea of, of games that have to be finished in order to be finished... Uh, it appeals, I'm not gonna lie. That's probably that's the appeal they were going for. But a lot of... A lot of people in the retro gaming community, which is really their target demographic expressed very legitimate concerns like how are we going like a lot of independently made games have do DLC and stuff properly like I mean I don't remember any exact specifics off off the top of my head but there's a fair number of games that have come out with free DLC or even paid DLC, and paid DLC isn't that bad if you're talking about DLC that actually adds to the game experience instead of just trying as a ca trying to be a cash grab. But and then of course you know there's QA cannot find every single bug in every single game. Lots of really great video games were released with bugs. It's a fact. Okay, I mean, Super Mario Bros. 3 has bugs. Admittedly, most of them aren't game-breaking, which is good, but it still has them. Any 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 game will have bugs. You cannot completely test out all the bugs, especially if you're a smaller a smaller independent developer who really doesn't have the the side the the the, the oh frick. Trying to talk and play a video game is not the easiest thing in the world. Um. When you're a small independent developer who doesn't have the huge resources that are available to like Ubisoft or EA or whoever, or triple, whichever AAA developer you want to talk about, if you don't have those resources, then you're going to have to release a game without doing, without testing every single frick, without testing every single section of the game, because you just can't do that. So really, the Retro VGS was kind of trying to fulfill a need that a lot of people didn't want. And of course, a lot of people that weren't in the retro gaming community just didn't really care because who's going to spend... I think the... And the original Kickstarter, or the original Indiegogo price was like $300 because they, want, they added all these extra bells and whistles to it. Which is... Well, I'll get to that in a minute. So, okay, so... Now we've... So, that was the Indiegogo, and then after the Indiegogo failed, they... kind of, they kind of, like, went dark for a little while, and we all kind of assumed that it was just dead, because it should have been dead at that point. So then they come back earlier this year, and... They call it, the, and they, they, they're like, oh yeah, we're announcing the Coleco Chameleon, and everyone, everyone can tell pretty easily that it's just the same thing with, uh, with that, with the Coleco name brand on it. I mean, the, oh, and for some reason, they, they're using the Atari Jaguar shells because they didn't want to pay for, uh, they didn't want to pay to buy actual injection, or new molds, which, yeah, they're expensive, but still, you know, it, you, you could put forth an effort to make a, a new product of your own 
as opposed to something else. But that's also really beside the point. Okay, so so they announced the Coleco Chameleon. And they say that they'll have a prototype at the New York Toy Fair, which was either last week or a couple weeks, or two weekends ago. So, the New York Toy Fair, Toy Fair happens, and they have a booth. They, they were there, they had an Atari Jaguar shell, and they were playing a Super Nintendo game. But it doesn't take a lot of effort to realize that, and a lot of and other people on the internet have done have made like pictures and stuff comparing the two and all that stuff. But it didn't take a whole lot of effort to realize that they were they weren't they didn't have a they didn't have their own prototype. They were really just using a Super Nintendo Junior. They were just really just using a Super Nintendo Junior that they had cut open, cut and fit into the Jaguar shell because it's Junior, so obviously it'll fit. And um, well, then a lot of people were like, uh, "This is this is really skeezy," and especially because at the at the Toy Fair, you're really trying to get um, you're really trying to get support from investors that's it's kind of it's a it's a business trade show and not like a consumer one like say e3 or something so they went into the toy fair where they will hopefully be trying to get investors with a hacked up product and you know as they should, a lot of people really completely flipped out about that too because, you know, they were kind of scamming people, trying to scam you again. Or now, this this time they were trying to scam business professionals who have a, who should at least know, but that's also beside the point. Um, damned cats. Okay, so then, finally, not finally, but then a few days later, they they announced that the Kickstarter has been suspended or isn't going to happen right out right now because uh, because of the gr monumental support and interest that they got in the product from investors at the Toy Fair. According to them on on their Facebook post, I still follow them on Facebook because, frankly put, it's like watching a uh, train wreck in slow motion. You just can't not watch it at this point. Okay. So and and they also post up these pictures of uh, they have a clear Jaguar shell that and that they put a board in that they put their their quote unquote prototype board into. Ah! They put their prototype board into. And the guys over at Atari Age, who I will give them, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, giving them all the credit in the world, they scoured the internet looking for pictures of boards because at this point, pretty much everyone realizes it's a scam. So they scoured the internet looking for pictures of boards and they found that the wretch. Ah, damn it. The Retro VZS guys had put a board from a uh, uh, closed captioning TV DVR device in there, and you can because it's it's a clear board, it's a clear, the clear shell, so you can see. You can I mean, if you if you look really hard, you can actually still see there that they didn't even like cut off the PCI adapt or the PCI slot. So you can see it just has this, like, edge connector that's just sitting there, not connected to anything, and not even close enough to be, like, an expansion port. So, that's what happened. And then, of course, like, within minutes of the Atari Age post that someone was like, oh yeah, this is actually just a, this is a, a, a capture card for a card. 
within like minutes of that post coming up, they took down the picture, the most obvious incriminating picture of the quote-unquote prototype that they had. Which, you know, if that's not admitting guilt to something, then I'm not 100% certain what is. So, that's, to the best of my knowledge, where the retro VGS stands at the moment. It's a complete and utter clusterfuck. And, frankly put, the people that are in charge of it deserve to fail, because they've been, they've been at this point just scamming people. It's, they're not even, like, trying to come out with, with, I mean, if they're running late and they're way behind on development, then they really just need to say so, instead of lying to us all. My damn camera's going to conk out in a second. But. Um. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for the Retro VGS thing. And, I mean, I understand why they use the Coleco name instead of. Because. Instead of calling it the Retro VGS again, because Coleco would actually, like, play. As opposed to. Uh, Atari or Sega or God Nintendo, Coleco's probably the most likely to to sign over the name because Coleco, the Coleco that exists now, is not the Coleco that existed 20 years ago or 30 years ago, or however far ago you wanted him. I mean, they're not the same company that came out with stuff like the Cabbage Patch dolls. It's just really a holding company that has the name to that owns the rights to the Coleco name. Whereas Sega is still making games. Atari, yeah, Atari got bought by um, Infogrames, but there's still a video game maker who still technically makes video games. Whereas the, uh, whereas this is not really a game maker anymore. Let's, Coleco has kind of just become a holding company that owns the rights to things that Coleco that Coleco made in the 80s and 90s, like Cabbage Patch Kids. Ugh, I'm gonna keep missing this stupid jump. So, okay, I think I think that's all I had to say about the Retro VGS slash Coleco Chameleon, because they're effectively the same thing. Oh, also, okay, there was one other thing I have. I'm going to keep going, talking about this and talking about this, because it's just so... Oh, God, I... Oh. Close. One other thing I really forgot to mention. The, uh, the guy in charge, Mike Kennedy, uh, when they were pushing for the... pushing the toy fair... When they were, when Mike Kennedy was starting out the press for the Toy Fair, sorry, my, uh, camera memory card keeps stopping for some reason, but, so when, when Mike Kennedy was doing the press for, before the Toy Fair, because it was getting a fair amount of press because, you know, it's a brand new video game system that only takes cartridges. So, when he was doing the press for the Toy Fair, he shoved the former, like, lead hardware guy for the Retro VGS under the bus. He just, like, threw him so far and so hard under that bus that it's, it was, like, comical. Like, if you read the interviews that he made, he was talking about how, like, this guy completely, ru like, really single-handedly ruined the thing. Ah, damn it. I mean, he threw that guy under the bus so hard. It's not even funny. Actually, it's kind of funny. And I'm just like, wow, if that's the professional atmosphere you're going to keep. Ugh. You know, darn it. Stupid cats. Maybe, you know, maybe you shouldn't uh, stay in... Maybe people shouldn't, shouldn't go into business with you, but... 
Okay, so I think that's finally it for the Coleco Chameleon slash Retro VGS. I didn't even get really upset about the controller that they have, which is like a Wii, Wii U blue, or Android thing, because I'd seen it at Target and I almost thought about buying one just because it's a controller that works on the Wii U and, the, and my phone and the Wii, but... Okay, I think, I think we're finally done talking about the Retro VGS. Uh, let's see, what else happened in gaming to talk about? Let's see. Oh, um, Phil Spencer, I think, Phil Spencer, is that his name? I think it's Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer, uh, announced that, or talked about a modular, or upgradable Xbox One, which basically means that effect effectively in they want to turn the Xbox into a Windows-style platform instead of a regular video game system where it's like, the game, it's like, you know, for X amount of years, you'll be able to, you'll be able to buy games for your Xbox One, or your Xbox 360, or whatever. Which, I don't know, I get, I can get that, but at this point it seems almost as if they, as if Microsoft wants to turn the Xbox into just a PC. And I mean, if they want to do that, that's totally up to them because, you know, I'm not in charge of Xbox any of it of Xbox. But still, I, I, I mean, I see where, where they're going with because a lot of I have a feeling that the future of video games is going to end up kind of something similar to the PlayStation Now that you're seeing. Uh, is it PlayStation? Yeah, PlayStation now. PlayStation, Sony's rental service for PlayStation games. I think that's really, unfortunately, I'm not a fan of it, but that's unfortunately like the where the future of video games is going. Instead of buying games in there, then actual games you'll be able to physically purchase are really going by, we're gonna go by the wayside really soon. Actually, frankly put, if it hadn't been for the, for the utter backlash towards the Xbox One originally, I doubt that we'd be seeing physical games stay as relevant as they have. But, uh, it's really coming down out there. I live in Cleveland and it's currently snowing, so. Um, okay, what was I talking about? Oh, I need a key, I need a key, I need a key. Yeah. Um, luckily this game has infinite lives. If you're... I'm still playing a video game if you're, if, you're just, if you're just listening. Even though this podcast has been on for about half an hour and I've been talking about the worst video game console ever made for most of it. Or ever most sort of made. Um... So it's, it's kind of difficult to play a video game and talk about video games that are not the game I'm playing. But I'm trying. I'm doing my best. So yeah, I mean I have a feel I have the distinct unfortunate feeling that we're this might be the last generation where you actually purchase video games in a in a normal manner. In what we what we've come to see as a normal manner, I should say. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised if you just, if games for now, if the next quote-unquote generation of game, of game consoles is really more something along the lines of like a set-top box, as opposed to a full, fully-fledged console. That has has improving hardware and all the stuff like that. I have all the keys. I played I played this this a few nights ago, so I have a decent idea of how to actually to play it. And so, oh, I, I missed that jump. I forgot that didn't go as far as it, as I thought it did. Yes, I have the distinct feeling that's the unfortunate truth that we're going to be seeing. We're probably going to see that or something along the lines of, like, the Steam Machines 
for. Ugh. Okay, I just. That one. Or something along the lines of like steam machines, but I'm. <sighs> something tells me those aren't really going to take off because. A lot of people who just have computers already have computers. And those are more expensive than your. Damn it. I'm just gonna. I'm, that's the same jump twice. Um. Most people that already have computers that can play a game are to would prefer bigger ones so that they can actually like upgrade stuff and take out the you know upgrade to, to the new Titan ten thousand X or whatever the hell it is or whatever the hell the next big video card is. Whereas people who just want plug-and-play gaming on their computer, <clears throat> not plug-and-play, but just like get-and-go gaming, I should say, on their, damn it, on their big screen at home are gonna buy a, a console because they're cheaper. I mean, the, che the cheapest Steam machine is like 500 bucks now, and you can get a PS4 or an Xbox for 400 I think that's the current that's the current price. They've actually this console generation, they've really been cutting prices quickly. I think the PS3 might actually be 390 350 350 now instead of 400. And you can you well, that's really beside the point. I'm just going to keep blabbling along. So yeah, unfortunately I have the distinct feeling this may be the last console generation where we get where you can actually like buy games instead of just like just renting them effectively. At best you may get something like a Netflix type style of type thing for games, which there is a version of PlayStation now that does that. But I have a few, I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes the new normal, especially if Sony or Microsoft, or especially Nintendo, want to leverage their... Mo their At this point, all the console makers have pretty, pretty legitimate back libraries of games. I mean, you know... Ugh. Xbox has Xbox games and I mean and Microsoft can also leverage, you know, a bunch of their older PC games too in, the, in this manner. And Sony's got you know their classic a lot of classic PS1 games. Yeah, I know they didn't actually make every single game for the systems, but still they did um, I mean, they did make a lot of, like, best games for the systems. So, that's, that's something. I forgot I can't actually go there. I wasted that key. Do I need to... Am I short a key now? Yes, I am. Okay. Into the swim. Let's see. What else happened in gaming recently? Uncharted got delayed, but that's not really that important. Unless you're actually into Uncharted. Unless you're really, really, really into Uncharted. But I'm f I think we're probably going to start seeing more delays instead of... Damn it. Instead of... Uh... Games getting half-assed released, as I say. Because, frankly put, at this point, I think the backlash towards something like, you know... Uh, actually, that's another topic I'll talk about in a second, but now that I thought about it. The backlash toward a game getting released in what's really far from a complete state has grown to the point where I think 
more publishers and more companies are going to start delaying games so that they actually get released finished instead of releasing them and then finishing them. You're I mean, there's still obviously games that are going to be released half-finished. Like, most any Bethesda game at this point. Sorry, I mean, Bethesda games are usually are pretty great, but a lot of times they have really huge bugs because their games are just so big. Yeah. Okay, so, the other thing I was talking about, and this is kind of related to the half-finished games, games thing. Uh, Street Fighter V came out, sort of. It's released with, I believe, 16 characters, no arcade mode, the snow story cinematics, which is okay, whatever. Basically, it was like a bare-bones type release. And they're currently selling it for $60. Now, yeah, they, they promise that you're going that you're gonna get all of the other content for free and free updates and free patches and stuff. Which, okay, but why didn't they just release the full game? Why didn't they just wait to release the full game? Is the th is my question. I don't have Street Fighter 5 because I don't have a PS4 and my laptop is pretty crappy for gaming. But I mean, I was probably I'll probably get it when I get a PS4, but at that point it'll be finished. I've heard that that they wanted to release it in time for e for the lead up to Evo. So this is really a for like the hardcore crowd instead of people who just casually play the video games that they like. Which, okay, fine, but if that was the case, why why pretend that it's a full a full game and not just call it like an early access title? Damn it. And I'm stuck here. Ah, this level is going to take forever. I mean, it's effectively an early access game that's not an actual game, and that's kind of... Uh, it's kind of sketchy because if you go on the Xbox, or the, not the Xbox, if you go on the PlayStation Store or Steam or whatever, it's not listed as an early access game. If you if I go buy the, the physical version at Amazon or GameStop or Target or wherever the hell I feel like buying a video game, it's not going to say, oh yeah, this game's half finished, and it'll, the rest of it'll come, will be drip-fed to you between March, well, it's currently March, but between March and, like, June, I think, is when the, they're saying that the, they're going to actually finish the, the game. So it's like, eh. And especially because, let's be completely honest, the game will probably get some sort of discount between now and June when it's done. So why the hell are you pre-ordering these games? Seriously, I, 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 if, if you're listening to this and you regularly pre-order games, I want to know why you pre-order video games. Because I, the only thing I will pre-order is something that I think will not be in stock when I want to buy it. Okay. Oh, we're back from our little, uh, break. If I had an, ad an advertiser, I would... I'd plug them during it, but I don't, so... <clears throat> There's three more things I want to talk about in today's podcast, and I'm probably just going to stop after the next level after I finish that. First off, I just recently found this out, like... As I was in between, as my camera was emptying its guts onto the, uh, onto my computer, I charged my phone, my camera battery a little bit too. 
Um, so remember how... Okay, this is going all the way back to the Coleco Chameleon Retro VGS that we started off with. So, as I said earlier, the, the company that's, that is Coleco now is not really the Coleco you remember as a kid, as a small child. That made, you know, your cabbage patches and your Coleco visions. Um, well, they still, I mean, it is still a company. They, they didn't just see it. So, the license holder to the Coleco name uh, is now demanding that the retro VGS people give, or let them, give them a working prototype that they can inspect within the next seven days, and this was on a Facebook post from yesterday, on Coleco's Facebook page, not the retro, not the Coleco Chameleon slash Retro VGS one. So basically, Coleco is getting pissed over the whole thing, which, you know, this could be the end of the line for the Retro VGS slash Coleco Chameleon, but it's been a very entertaining ride thus far, and uh, yeah, I, I think we'll we'll remember the retro VGS for years to come, because it's still the retro VGS to me. So after that um, update to this is hilarious story. Oh damn it, I missed that too. Uh, you have to do all this in a very specific order, and there's and this level has a few places where the where which is like just which where you you don't die but you just get stuck. But if you're still only listening to it on the the podcast part, you you've got quite a bit of ah. You're you're missing out on on me watching on me playing a dream, Sega Dreamcast game from the year 2015. Grab that. I'll probably end up this level with a perfect score after like another hour. Okay, so yeah, so to recap, the Coleco Chameleon. Coleco is now demanding to see the alleged prototype, which I think, I've heard a lot of people have said that this is like the third time they've screwed you, screwed us with a prototype. I'm not sure what the first one was. I'm pretty sure, I'm, the second one I'm guessing is the Super Nintendo Junior that they brought out to the toy fair, and then... The third one would be the one that has a freaking DVR board inside of it. I'll admit, I'll, I'll give them this much, at least they didn't pick something that was way too obvious for us to see. But, still, it's... Just, oh my god, I can't believe that. I think the first one might have been where they just, the one where they just had, like, a bunch of renders instead of an actual, anything close to an actual system. Uh... So, wow, that's just, okay. Now that we finally finished talking about the Coleco Chameleon after, like, spending, a, like, almost half an hour talking about it, we'll go on to Spin Tires, which you may remember as a game that was actually really pop, really tore up the Steam charts late last year for a couple weeks. It's basically a mud truck simulator not like a not like trucks as in like uh, like Euro truck simulator or something like that it's just uh, basically a simulator where you just go around wrecking up going through you know various uh, sorry it's really hard to play a game and talk about an unrelated video game uh, it's just you know it's a simulator where you go around driving a truck but not a truck truck. A, like, four-wheeler. Four-wheel drive truck in the muck and stuff. 
I haven't played it yet, but I've, I have heard that it's pretty, it's really popular. It was really popular at one point in time. Now a lot of copies, or most people's copies, are just not working anymore because the, ant from what I've heard, the anti-piracy measures inside the game are going off because they were set to a, to a timer, so, so that they would then go and communicate with the, uh, they would communicate with the servers and make sure they had the right times and all that stuff, which, okay, fine, whatever. Um... Which, okay, that's a legitimate reason reason enough for... That's a legitimate enough reason to have issues if you're a pirate of the game. Stopping piracy is not an, e is not a, an easy task, I can, I can see. Otherwise it would have been done a long time ago by a lot of other people. But, all, but then, a, like a week or so before this all, ha this all went down, the creator of the game talked about how his publisher hasn't been paying him. Which you can see would be a little bit of an issue for a video game maker who wants to get paid for making a, a pretty popular video game. I mean, in terms of, in the Steam ecosystem, having any sort of popularity is better than zero popularity. Which is what a lot of games have. It's unfortunate, but the vast majority of Steam games completely fly under the radar. But they, hopefully they can find their, their own audiences. So a lot of people took this as kind of like a conspiracy thing, you know. Maybe the, maybe the guy planned the, planted this so that they, the company would have to give him more money. I mean, he, both he and the developer have denied it, obviously, because you don't, the developer, or the, not the developer, the publisher, he's the developer, both the, both of them have, have denied it because they probably don't want the, the look of bad blood between the two of them, which is fine. Mildly difficult platforming com combined with talking about a game I've never played before is interesting. So, I don't know, I, ha I have a feeling that he... I really don't know where I really, where I stand on that because, yeah, I want the guy to get paid, obviously. Especially because the game seemed to be a lot more popular than than anyone had expected it to be. But on the other hand, screwing over all screwing over his player base is not exactly the best way to go about fixing it. But then again, according to according to him, what's his name? It's a something like Russian name. Pavel Zagerbelny with two Y's at the end. Uh I'll just call him Pavel. Because that's a name I, understand, I can I can understand. Uh, according to him, he's he hasn't been able he hasn't been able to be to get communication with the publisher. Ov ov oh I did not hit that cat. Ov ee -E. o o v ee -E. sorry. Uh, he says that he's been communicating with them for many months and has not gotten heard back from them. Until now, because now they came crawling back to him like, hey, uh, we, we need you to fix the game so that people can buy it. And... As much as I'd like to believe that this was his, that this is like, you know, his, his, you know, his little nuclear option, it's probably was just a mistake. Ah, damn it. But, again, we'll probably find out more, we'll either find out more later or none, or nothing at all. So... That is that story. That's a really short, relatively short one, because it 
just started happening like a week ago is when, and I only heard about it yesterday because I don't really spend ah much attention to random Steam games that get sort of popular, and then I kind of forgot about it because that's how that's that's how games gaming is nowadays. A lot of times you will just not think about a game until after it comes out. Which is why most companies need to start making the complete posting their games complete because yeah, Assassin's Creed Unity was a lot better after it got all of its patches, but it had that sour taste in everyone's mouth of the disgusting missing faces. Sounds really stupid that I say it that way. So Oh my god. Now I have to go all the way around just for that, that little gate, like, I have to go all the way around here just to open up that gate with the key I just grabbed right there. Oy. Oh, okay, so that's the end of that story. Oh, one more, one more one before I end on something relatively, that's actually good. Something I found on, I think on Kotaku last night, because I still, I read Kotaku. I don't know why, I just do, at this point. This point I just, I like, I started for some reason and then just not, didn't stop. Oh, damn you stupid cat, the stupid cats are really annoying. Um, something I, okay, so something I read on Kotaku is that apparently Far Cry Primal, the either recently released or upcoming Far Cry video game, um, used the same map as Far Cry 4 from last year, which is interesting. I'm not sure how... I mean, for those of you that don't know, Far Cry 4 took place in, in the present, in an unnamed country in that was like supposed to be like Nepal or something. Ah, but or maybe it did actually take place in in Nepal, but whatever. Damn it. Um, and Far Cry Primal takes place in the year 10,000 BC. Which is 12,000 years ago, for those of you keeping score at home. Which is a long time ago, it's the Neolithic period. So, of course the only real way to fix this is Ubisoft has to call Far Cry Primal um, a... Damn it. They have to call it a prequel. Set... 12,000 years before the events of Far Cry 4. But that, that was really a completely stupid digression. And this is... Then this is the actual last thing I really wanted to talk about today. Was that... Uh, last weekend... Uh, actually last Friday, so a week... A week ago tomorrow... I think, yeah, A week ago tomorrow... Uh, was the 20th anniversary of the very first Pokemon game coming out. And now, if you're uh, someone who's of roughly the same age as I am, 25, of someone in the, in their 20s, you probably played, you probably got sucked into Pokemon, and it's good. I mean, Pokemon has been a great video game franchise for. Well, for 20 years now, in, in Japan. That's 20, the 20th anniversary of the game coming out in Japan. So if you're American, you don't remember it until... You don't remember it coming out before 98. Unless, I mean, you had, like, uh... Unless you somehow found it, or... Unless you had, like, an imported version, but even that would have all been in Japanese. But So, red, green, and... Or, Red and, yeah, Red and Green came out 20 years ago, which is awesome. 
because they're awesome, or red and, red and blue, because that's what we got in America, are just awesome games. And... Sorry, I'm trying to, if you're only listening to this, I'm trying to do the platforming while uh, talking about Pokemon. Right? So I think I'm almost finished with this goddamn level. Uh, bump again. So, yeah, I mean, po and to celebrate, they did, they came out with the new, uh, the, the new 3DS, which I got, and in Japan they came out with the uh, 2DSs, which ironically Japan had actually not, that was the end? Okay. Which Japan had actually not gotten until, I think, I think this was the first time that they actually got him. Oh my god. Oh, this must be the end of the first world, because I think there are three worlds and 25 levels. Okay, that's what you do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really great that, and then, that it's really great that Nintendo went really all out on the, the anniversary. I mean, they re-released, uh, the first two games in the, in the U.S. Oh, oh okay. Or the, they re-released the first, the, sorry, they re-released the Gen 1 games, put red, blue, and yellow in the U.S. and um, Europe, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. And in Japan, they also got Pokemon Green, which was the, uh, the one of the very first games. Green and red came out originally in Japan. Then blue was like a uh, an improved version of those two. And then yellow was even more improved, and also was more based on the anime. In the U.S., two years later, we got red and blue. I don't know why they didn't go with green, but nobody really does. We got red and blue, and then a year after that, we got yellow. Because the anime was super hot here, too. The anime was just huge everywhere, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but one thing that, that I, that was interesting to me is that while Nintendo really went far, far and away, oh, damn it. I just died and my camera died. So one thing that was interesting to me is that while Nintendo went really all out on the Pokemon anniversary, they kind of ignored the Legend of Zelda turn 30, all 30, like, earlier that week. Was the 30th anniversary of the original Legend of Zelda coming out on the Nintendo Famicom Disk System. Which, well, is a thing, and you may have seen it before, you probably haven't. Doesn't really matter. But... Nintendo kind of ignored it. I didn't even know what was happening until I saw, like, a post on, like, uh, I think it was, I saw a post on either, like, Facebook or Tumblr that, like, um, they just mentioned it, and they, or, I think it was GameStop mentioned it, and they were like, happy 30th anniversary, The Legend of Zelda, and I'm like, it turned 30? Why didn't Nintendo give us, all, give us, you know, all the, all the trappings for that? I mean, I thought Zelda was one of their biggest franchises. I mean, for the 25th anniversary of um, Super Mario Brothers, which was last year, that's when Nintendo came out with the... Um, that's when Nintendo released Super Mario Maker. It was an anniversary game. And it was pretty good. I mean, I liked it. I, I rented it, I'm meaning I'm gonna start doing rent, renting rental reviews, but I just didn't yet of it. But Nintendo kind of, oh, I didn't realize the spikes were there. 
Nintendo just kind of ignored it, and I'm not 100% certain why. I think it might be because there's issues with the Zelda Wii U game. I'm not sure what issues there are with it, but I don't think that they would just ignore one of their biggest franchises otherwise. What am I supposed to do here? Oh, okay, I think I know what I need to do. Okay. Apparently I just need to, to go down here without touching anything. Ah! But you can't. Oh, and the bats will kill you. So, that's a really, just something that, I did not touch that, that's something that really surprised me in many ways, is that Nintendo kind of ignored one of their biggest franchises. Damn it. Okay, I'm going to try this one more time, and that will be it for today's podcast. I think I should be able to... F I, I'd, I'd like to finish off the very first podcast with a success. Oh, you can't jump up that high. Oh, so... Okay, <laughs> so if you have any idea or anything you'd like me to talk about on this podcast, yeah, well I try desperately to do something proper, maybe I'm supposed to try and jump over that spike. Oops, I need to be small. Um... If there's something you'd like me to talk about on this podcast, let me know. Um, I'd kind of like to do it sort of similar to like a um, kind of like a radio type thing with like say oh, like maybe Google Hangout or even Twitch, where instead of just being like me talking, because a lot of other podcasters have like a partner or something, or they bring on special guests. I don't have any special guests at the moment because. I have, like, 50 people that actually watch my videos and stuff. But, yeah, I wanted to do, to do it some, somewhat, like, interactively, I would say. But I haven't, uh, obviously haven't gotten to that part yet. Ugh. It's like, I can jump a little bit, but I can't jump enough. Oh, that's what I need to do. Okay, damn it. That. Okay. I finished the level. This will be the last level. And that is the end of... The very first inaugural Last Call Games podcast. So we will see you next time. Where I'll, pro I'll probably just finish, try and finish this game. Let's cast. Let's play podcast. Because I don't talk quite enough to make a let's play interesting. But, a pod but I don't have enough to talk. Anyone to talk to to make a podcast interesting. So. That is it, and we will see you next time, and next week or so, I'm going to do, finally finish the review of Madden NFL 08 for the GameCube, 
which I've been meaning to do for a while, but I, the footage was messed up, and it, a bunch of stuff happened. So, that'll be that, and we will see you next time.